Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Carrie Faith on Purpose show, where we put your health and happiness as our number one priority. I'm your host, Carrie Faith, and I'll be sharing a weekly dose of inspiration and motivation to create your masterpiece called Life. I believe that with faith and inspired action, anything and everything is possible. And when you combine it with purpose, there is absolutely no limit to your success. I share my own personal struggles and triumphs while exposing global perspectives about happiness, health, and well-being. We combine talks around spirituality, psychology, and self-development to align your mind, body, and soul. Together, we connect, create, and transform from the inside out. Grab yourself a cup of coffee, tea, or if you're anything like me, a glass of water, or perhaps even some champagne, while we carry faith on purpose together. Hello and welcome to the Carrie Faith on Purpose podcast. I am so excited and honored to have Cindy Berry with us today. She is an emotion codes practitioner. And Cindy has devoted endless hours to studying human energy and emotions. She's naturally gifted and has a line out the door of people who sing her praises. So I'm honored that she's spending some time with us today. Often they are relieved of fears that have held them back from reaching for more in life, love, and careers. Some of Cindy's clients have had their heart walls removed from things that they have never been able to open up to, thus expanding the quality of the relationships and healing. Cindy loves witnessing ambitious people set out to change the world, and Cindy is one of them, but she takes it a step further by offering them help so they can do what they do best without anything holding them back. You could say she heals the helpers, and Cindy, we are very aligned in our mission to heal the world one person at a time, so thank you for being here with me today. Well, thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it. It's such an honor. I do believe that, I don't think I've said this before, but I believe emotions are the new currency, so for you to be a emotional code practitioner and healer, I just want to dive straight into where or how did you learn about the power of emotions? Okay, so um, how I learned about emotion code, you know, was uh, years back, um, I had a friend doing a, um, it was on that one app, now I can't think of it, but it was always about videos, and he was always reading these very interesting books. And one of the books he was reading was called The Motion Code by Dr. Bradley Nelson. And so he was going through the book um, and then he decided that he was going to become a motion code practitioner. And when you do become one, you have to go through this training certification um, and you have to work on like 30 people 
and I was one of them. And I had problems with um, my plantar fasciitis on my left foot. And he balanced that out. You know, um, there was no more um, pain in it. And it comes to find out where my, quote unquote, this is kind of funny, my Achilles heel about relationships is actually in my foot and my Achilles heel. You know, so we, I find that very interesting. So whenever I have problems with relationships, I, I can start feeling the pain in my foot. Wow, that is really amazing. Mm -hmm. So that's where some of the trapped emotions was at, you know, was in my foot, in the, um, in my plantar fasciitis and Achilles heel and stuff like that. So with working with him and everything else, and then on my own journey, it was because of different relationships. That's where, and so when I could start feeling something coming up, it's like, oh, what do I need to work on? Because I'm still on this journey like everybody else. You know, I have my own things I'm working on. And so, but at least I know my body and where I'm feeling certain things. And I just ask the questions and stuff. Where, where, where's this coming from? What do I need to release and all of this? So, Well, what's really interesting is... What you said about the Achilles heel, because right before we started recording, I had put the intention of this episode to really just bring awareness as to energy and emotions and how we can heal our mind and our bodies, right? And so Mm -hmm. to bring up the Achilles heel, and I've had... I actually have a bone spur on my Achilles heel. So I have physical, a physical ailment, I guess you could call it. And Uh in my right heel, something that I haven't, I'm aware of through um, a few years ago, I found this injury from just pain from running because I've been an Uh avid runner my whole life, but this aha moment, like, wow, maybe I could heal this. with alternative ways besides cutting my foot open, you know, because our minds are so powerful and so are our emotions. So just you saying, okay, you, you found emotion code through a book, but then also how your heel was related to relationships. Like you Mm -hmm. have opened up my mind (laughs) to so many things just in that um, way that you found the emotion code. So thank yeah. you. I would. You're welcome. Yeah, because what happens is that we get we have for our modality is called trapped emotions and different modalities. You know, I see they call it something else, but for emotion code practitioners, it's trapped emotions, and there's like sixty of them. And really, what it is is like everything's energy. We are all energy. So it's like little balls of spheres of energy that gets lodged into certain parts of our body. So like anger and bitterness and guilt and hatred and resentment, those kind of emotions can get lodged into your liver or your gallbladder. So, you know, and also for not um, like being not feeling supported, that's usually a lower back problem. What I find with my clients when they're, They don't feel supported. It's somewhere, it's usually in their lower back, but it can be all up and down the back. And that's usually not feeling supported. 
And that doesn't mean that you don't feel supported by your spouse or anything. It could be anywhere. It could be in your job, your boss, your coworkers. You know, it could be your kids. And it's just not even about being supported about your career and stuff. It could be be supported about just personal things too. And so we find, so in different body parts, it can be different emotions. Well, this is why, I, why I'm really drawn by to your work because mm-hmm. my own self-discovery of my physical pain throughout four decades of my life was really rooted in my emotions. And when I realized that, I don't even know how I realized that. <laughs> it was just really self-healing myself through things, but there's always another layer, right? Because Mm -hmm. I know that, you know, now I'm realizing, oh, well, maybe the thing in my heel could be related to relationships of my past or just not feeling connected to people in the past. Like this is so eye-opening. But when you said about spheres of energy related to emotions, Mm-hmm. It really stood out to me about um, the idea of the sphere and how everything goes back to the sphere because my grandfather had a theory which he created and it was referred to as spherology. And just about a half an hour ago, uh, I was thinking about him and his theory of spherology and how everything can be broken down into an atom, which is a sphere, which is yeah. just energy and emotions are energy. So what is yeah. your thought of this new idea that I just brought up is that emotions are the new currency. Do you feel that emotions are like currency in the modern day age? Yeah. Um, so how I look at, because I look at people so differently and they're really reacting on their past, you know, just like the whole, you know, at the beginning of, of last year, you know, the spring of last year, everybody was um, reacting about the COVID with going out buying toilet paper. It had nothing to do with COVID. Toilet paper has nothing to do with COVID. But what people were getting triggered by is like um, whatever their past is. And usually I find it's because of past of of lack. Like if their parents um, got lost their jobs or something, um, they had a lack of. They didn't have things. They couldn't afford things. You know, so now they can. So it's like, I'm going to be prepared And I'm going to get this stuff that I need. And one of them is toilet paper. So people are really triggered by things in their past and not really what's going on in front of them, what their circumstances are. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because from my understanding, emotions that we experience in the present is just an association to something happening in our past or even past lives, but we could just say in this life or the moment, it's that the emotion that we have as a reaction to whether it's a visual Mm -hmm. or an event or something we hear in the news, it's not actually we're responding to that, 
that event. It's something that's associated with the past. So yes. you, I know you just gave us an example with the toilet paper, mm-hmm. but how can someone, you know, moving forward, just have awareness of that and be able to maybe self-correct in the moment? Yeah. So, so this is what happens because these are emotions are trapped in our bodies. And so, and we react from our, to our subconscious mind. So we got to get it out of our subconscious mind. And that's why I, uh, emotion code practitioner, and that's what I do is I release these trapped emotions. So your perspective on things are going to be totally different. And that's when you start seeing things different and you start looking at things with a clear vision. Because these emotions are released from you. And then just uh, um, instead of pushing down emotions, you know, start releasing those emotions. You know, from, from this day forward, now everybody knows that you need to process those emotions and just let them out. If you need to cry, cry. If you need to yell, yell. You know, process those emotions so they won't become trapped. Because what happens is that once you get the emotions trapped, and usually a lot of things I work on is when you're little, you know, like a little toddler, you know, and people, I give this example too, is that people think, uh, well, I really didn't have trauma. And it's like, that word is so overused. And I don't like to use that word, but it's like having, being a little toddler, being a toddler, and having tension tantrum because you didn't get color crowns you wanted or anything you wanted for you at that age was traumatic. That's so you so have all, you have all these emotions and you don't know how to express yourself and and everything. So you just have it trapped inside of you. And that's so true that you bring that up. I'm really happy that you brought up trauma not having to be some big major event from our past but it can just be an incident like where our crayons were taken away or we were scared so we cried but then we got yelled at for crying about something like and how instrumental that can be even decades later in our life and as like an entrepreneur, let's say, we have all these things start boiling up to the surface that we see, we we feel like it should be so easy, but it's actually hard. Like, for instance, maybe you're trying to close a sale or go out and make sales calls. It's like, why are you not following through? You've read all mm-hmm. the books and you know what to do tactically, but then you can't do it practically. So is this tied into something that has happened in the past? Yes. Uh huh. Because I work with a lot of high professional business people um, and they we find that um, a lot of the stuff for the follow up calls and stuff is because something happened in their past when they were supposed to follow up on something or it can be something totally different but we find out their um, reasons why they're not following them. It's because of trapped emotions. Hmm. I can really relate to that. So just to 
have a little bit of vulnerability here is like, I realize I think 2020 brought out, like you said, a lot of trapped emotions from the past. Right. And I yes. know we all went into quarantine. It was all these old habits maybe that I had overcome, like started creeping in like the sugar. I went to high amounts of sugar, you know, eating junk food late at night, staying up really late and not being able to wake up early and do my morning routine. But something that really came up in 2020 for me is that I actually feared success. And do you see (laughs) this in high performers, because I realized, yes, I am a high performer, but yet I feared success. Yes. And it's something I'm still working through. So where does this come from? Maybe a fear of success. So from my um, perspective and the people I've worked on with fear of, um, of success is a lot also responsibility. You know, so it's actually a fear of responsibility, maybe? Yeah, uh-huh. it can be different for everybody, but it's a fear of responsibility. Mm, I can definitely say that I've had a fear of responsibility. <laughs> Even going back to, um, I think my first pet that I had in the sense of I was 20 something and I was living with uh, my husband. He was my boyfriend at the time. And he, I think it was that he brought home a kitty. Like he told me someone at his work had a cat, a, a little kitty, and he brought home the kitty. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't take care of a cat. <laughs> Even though I had had, um, I had had some pets like through college, but I guess I wasn't very responsible then. Yeah. Um, so the first real one was the cat and I didn't think I could take care of the cat. And then it was, we went and we wanted a dog and we were still living together, boyfriend, girlfriend. And I was so scared to have a dog. <laughs> and obviously it was like, I love the dog. And then it was, I never wanted to have kids. And that was a big one. And really, it was something that I needed the most because I was responsible. And it really just, you know, it confirmed that I can be responsible with taking care of a child. But even that fear of responsibility, it kept showing up, you know, pre being a mother. (laughs) And so this tying into like a fear of success, well, yeah, maybe that's there, but it doesn't mean that I'm doomed for it for life. I think that even having a podcast, which is now in over two dozen countries and one of the top 5% in the world is like a testament. Like, yeah, this is success, but right. Mm -hmm. Well, and everybody's success is different, looks differently, you know? So what is your definition of success? For some people, it can be a stay-at-home dad, or it could be a stay-at-home mom, or it can be running a multi-billion-dollar industry. So really, what is your success? You know, my um, one of my success is having peace. I just like having peace and joy. You know, that's and so to me, it's like there's different things of success too. Well, I 100% agree that success is subjective, right? And yeah. 
it can change also throughout our lifetime. I believe, mm-hmm. just like you said, perception, you had brought up perception of that association to the past, right? That we mm-hmm. can change our perception. So I can change my perception of what responsibility is, what success is. And to me, success is, and it had been my entire life was happiness actually is to be truly happy. And then when I realized where happiness really comes from, which is within and having Mm -hmm. that peace and just feeling at ease, it's like, now I could, I could change my perception of what success is. Yes. Uh-huh. At every stage. Hmm. Yeah, because a lot of people, I'm glad you brought up happiness. A lot of people bring up, well, I don't know my purpose. I don't know my purpose. Like, well, you know it. Is yes, that well, that's why it's called Carrie Faith on Purpose. Yeah. <laughs> and the whole mission of Carrie Faith on Purpose is to have people believe and have that faith within themselves mm-hmm. and have that unwavering certainty that they know their purpose and because we do, but we just don't trust it, right? And it's yeah. because of those trapped emotions, I believe. Yeah. Well, and also because this is how I look at it, purpose, our purpose in life is to have complete joy, no matter what we're going through, no matter what circumstance. That is our purpose, to be happy, whatever word you want to use, to be happy or a complete joy. To me, I find happiness is your circumstance. I find joy is your inner self. You just have joy, no matter what, you know, Mm -hmm. that's how I look at it. Um, but then we have our mission. What are we supposed to do or dog or dogma? You know, what is it that we're supposed to do and stuff? You know, and mine is to help people to balance out their lives and they get really, that's why I picked the word recalibrating emotions is because it's really, we're recalibrating of what you were supposed to be without these trapped emotions. Well, I'm glad you brought that up about recalibrating emotions. That's the name uh-huh. of your business and your brand. Yeah. And the idea of balance. So do you feel like we as individuals can live a fully balanced life? Because I hear this talk a lot about balance versus harmony. Uh-huh. Yeah. So what's the difference between them? What is the difference between them? Or to me, to me they seem the same. <laughs> it's just a different word, right? One word. That's it. Yeah. Uh-huh. To me, it's just a different word, but it's the same. Just like happiness and joy of how you like to look at it. You know, to me, harmony and balance is the same. Okay, and I think that when we balance our emotions, that we can live in harmony and when we live pain-free. And so that's really why, you know, I wanted to bring you on the show and share my own personal story of if we do have physical pain, it's typically rooted from our emotional pains. Yes. Mm Yes. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. And let me give you another example because I've had clients like this. I had one client that he was severely attacked and beaten up by a couple of other guys. And he almost lost his life. Thank God he didn't, you know, but 
he went through all the physical therapy and everything, you know, um, all the bones and everything that was broken and stuff have healed on MRIs, you know, were great. All the tests that the doctors did and stuff were great and everything, but he still had a lot of pain, a lot of pain. He could feel the pain everywhere. Well, I worked with him and around that um, attack and released all the trapped emotions around it and he has no more pain. And people don't realize that you can get these emotions of anger and hatred because he was he was fighting his attacker, attackers too. You know, so there was all this emotion going on and they got stuck in him into this where he got hurt at because that was the sensitive part of the body at that time. So that's where those emotions lodged in. So there was shock, overwhelm, everything. And then when um, you're going through the process of the doctors and everything else, you know, you feel helpless and hopelessness and all of everything like that. So now he has no more pain. So when you're in a car accident or any kind of accident, the doctors say you are good, but you still feel pain. It's probably it's emotional now. That's so very true because I feel like in my own experience with depression for so long, it was that feeling of hopelessness. Uh, The doctor said, take the pills, go to the therapy. And yet I still didn't feel good. And because you put so much faith in other people to Um, just help and guide you because that's how we were brought up in the Western world. And we're both in the United States. That's how we're brought up to, okay, go to the doctor, you know, from the, our very first (laughs) week, uh, go to the doctor and follow what they're going to do. And now we're realizing that I would say as a collective humanity, that there are alternative ways Right. Get to happiness and joy and not just settle for that one answer from the doctor that everything's healed, everything's okay. But then why are we still in pain? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I want to kind of go to the fact of um, since I brought up depression and anxiety and anxiety is one that I know like one in three Americans, I would say Americans, don't quote me on this statistic, but (laughs) a lot of people have anxiety and even children have anxiety. And it's something Mm -hmm. that I'm really passionate about because in my own um, experiences with anxiety, where do you think anxiety comes from? Um, Actually, a lot of people, if you notice that you, it was great that you said it too. Um, Anxiety, you know, did one of your parents have it? Well, I am not sure if my parents had it. I don't think they did, but I would say that um, (laughs) if my mom and dad are listening, (laughs) (laughs) they, they know I've talked a lot about them, but my dad doesn't necessarily have anxiety but he's very um, high energy and kind uh-huh. of not high strong, but high stress. And that's yeah. what fueled him. And as an empath, I absorbed that. So his, yes, he was a lot for me to handle 
as an empath. And my mom doesn't necessarily have anxiety that I know about. Yeah. I would say she worries a lot and that her mother and her, my maternal mother and, and um, grandfather had anxiety. Okay. And that's what I was going to say, because it can be inherited. You know, um, these trapped emotions can be inherited. Um, so it could have been um, your great, great grandmother, you know, first got it. And like she said, I'm holding on to this, you know, and it was just so intense. And then it threw down the line. Um, people got it. Not everybody, but, you know, some people got it. So, so these trapped emotions are inherited emotions, too. It doesn't have to be trapped emotion. It can be absorbed. Like when you're talking about being an empath, you can have absorbed emotions because I'm extremely sensitive. So I absorb. And that's why I do a lot of um, clearing and protection and everything. Um, it can be absorbed. It can be trapped emotions. It can be inherited emotions. It can be hidden emotions. And it can be um, uh, a prenatal emotions. You could absorb um, emotions and when you was in your mom's womb, you know. Yeah, and same and, with even my own children is that I uh -huh. see that anxiety come through. And it's because I was highly anxious during, you know, when I was carrying my children. And yeah. My my children are now eight and eleven, and I wish I would have had all this information then that I do yes. now. But you know, I don't want to. Hindsight is twenty twenty. It's like now I can now empower other people that <laughs> maybe haven't um, been able. To and you and you can just release that. So this is the beautiful thing. Like if I was working on you. And I found an inherited emotion on you, right? Then I find out which side and how many generations back and stuff. I would release it with the, um, my magnets and stuff. And then what happens is then I'll ask if one of your kids got it. And if they did, then I'll say, did this release from everybody? So you gave a present to um, your parents, your kids, you know, and whoever on all the generations, whoever got this emotion of anxiety, it's released. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So I have yet to book a session with you, but yeah. I'm going to, so we can release that generational anxiety. And I would love to yeah. do, um, for my listeners, I will probably do a follow-up about the whole experience but thank you for just bringing that up of pointing out the different types of ways we can, um, you know, we come across anxiety or depression or any other kind of trapped emotions that we have in life. It's yeah, very and, enlightening. Yeah. And we haven't even talked about the heart wall. No, we haven't. So <laughs> let's talk about the heart wall because mm -hmm. I'm sure that, I mean, we could talk for hours and hours, but I know that. Yes specialty really is getting to the heart wall and yes. I think that's where all the magic happens so tell us what the heart wall is and first to start okay so what the heart wall is is that we build up this wall around our heart made of these trapped emotions so like um I said about earlier these trapped emotions of little balls of energy 
little spheres of energy, right? So what we do is whatever, if that anger, you know, we build, we take a little sliver of that off and then we'll put it around our heart and we build this heart wall up to protect us, but it really doesn't protect us. We think it's protecting us, but it doesn't. And some of the characteristics of having a heart wall is having a desensitized heart. You can see people loving you and you know logically they love you, but you just cannot feel it. So that's one of them. Um, also, um, so may I step in and ask a question yeah. about that? Mm-hmm. So you bring up a really good point. Like you could know that they're loving you, but yeah. you could actually not be fully absorbing and feeling that emotion. Is that what you said? Uh-huh. So yes. How much does our ego play into that if we go into the mind headspace? Yeah, some ego. Well, I don't look at it really much of ego with this because, you know, it's like kids, kids and, ad- and their parents, right? The kid doesn't see, they see their parent loving them, but they just don't feel it because that parent, could possibly have a detachment and cannot show the love too. Mm, I think they that could probably have a heart wall too. I think that is really true. Even, you know, through the past hundred years, you see that mm-hmm. through generational, how emotions weren't really invited into no. home. I feel like if you look at those old shows, I feel like, you know, like sitcoms from the 1950s or 60s, mm-hmm. So like, you know, the, the man goes to work, he comes home and then the, the uh, wife is waiting on him and yeah, like they don't talk about emotions. I feel like they're Mm -mm. not. And even in schools, right. I mean, this is really where I see my mission going to is really just inviting that openness into yes to have emotions I mean Mm -hmm. I always encourage my clients it's okay if you cry like you must cry yes because all it is is energy you know and yeah Mm -hmm. so seriously but it's so and it's it's not as serious as it needs to be it's just energy yes um so that's um so that's a desensitized heart then also if you have financial issues you know, money is your abundance issues, you know. Um, also, I'm trying to think of, oh, not knowing your mission in life, you know, or some people call it purpose, you know, purpose or mission, however you want to call it. Um, you don't know what is what you're supposed to be doing. So where do you think that comes from? You said the heart wall, right? You would have. Yeah, uh-huh. Okay, so yeah. you would treat the heart wall if someone's questioning, well, I don't really know my purpose. And yeah. I've heard my husband say this. And uh-huh. I don't know if he listens to my show because he says um, he hears me enough so he doesn't always listen to the show. <laughs> <laughs> but it could be just that heart wall, right? Yes. It uh-huh. could be a way of him protecting like maybe there's going to be some insight that he doesn't hear me talking to him as a wife. Yeah. The other absorbed information or mm-hmm. or emotion. So it's really funny that you bring that up because yeah. I see then that. because yeah, and then there's a lot of people 
that do know their purpose or mission, you know, but they're not thriving in it. So why aren't they thriving in it? And so, that goes back to the heart wall as well. Uh-huh. This is a, these are some of the characteristics of the heart wall that and what how I like to describe it. Um, there's a couple of different things. It's like one of the ways is that you kind of know that you have trapped emotions or heart wall is the communication with people. Like you probably with been with a couple of your girlfriends, just having a great conversation over coffee or tea and stuff, right? And then um, one person says that innocent comment, just an innocent comment. The other friend got really mad because she got triggered of some of that comment. And it's probably because of the heart wall or just different um, trapped emotions and stuff. So what I find too, um, so that's one of the characteristics is that you get triggered by innocent comments and everybody's looking at everybody and it's like, okay, what just happened here? Because we find our perception was innocent. Her perception was not because of the emotions that she's carrying. It's that baggage, really. When people talk about I'm carrying all this baggage, it's the trapped emotions too, you know? Um, so like husbands and wives, their communication. And I know this is audio, so you can't see me, but I have my hands not matching up. One's higher than the other. Or you can think about it. You guys are on different radio stations, right? You're not communicating. But when you get, and I do this a lot with my clients, when I get the heart wall, um, release from the wife to the husband and vice versa, their communication comes together. So then they're on the same radio station. They're on the same wave. Yes. Uh-huh. So that's what a lot of work I do because it's just by our perception. And another thing I like to look at, because what happens is this, um, there's another, I have all of these little analogies like, um, like this one is from Dr. Bradley Nelson, you know, um, you have this warm communication you want to give to someone. And to you, it looks like this beautiful butterfly, right? But once it's going through your heart wall, through all of this bitterness or anger or this helplessness and resentment or hopelessness, you know, this butterfly is going, getting dinged and dinged and dinged from going through this heart wall. So by the time it is received mm -hmm. to someone else, to that person you're sending it to, it looks like a distorted creature. So it does not look like this um, butterfly. So if you've ever been in conversation with someone that, um, you know, did not take your communication well, it's because of these heart walls. Mm -hmm. You have mm -hmm. or they have, you know, and you're thinking, what just happened? Right, we take that very personally, but really yeah. it's just the other person, the receiver, not being able to see mm -hmm. it through our lens, through our perception. They don't mm -hmm. see the butterfly as a butterfly. They see yeah. Mm -hmm. Or it's also because you have the heart wall too, and you didn't know, and you're thinking it's going to be this beautiful thing, but it's like, goes out. Wow. So beautiful. It's so so eye-opening. So do you work with couples as well as individuals? I Yes, I work with couples. I work with 
so what this is what happens is that from my how I run my thing is that I don't do book the couple at the same time. <laughs> okay. Their own appointments and stuff. That's too much energy for me. <laughs> you know. Or a lot of times what happens is that um whoever's spouse can be on a Zoom call, because everything's Zoom calls um for my business. Um then I work on that spouse and then because I have the okay of the other spouse, I just work on them. They don't have to be there. And I relay the information to that spouse. Okay. So there's multiple ways to do. I work on families. I work on kids and their moms and dads. That's so have you just because I've been more and more open on this podcast and the show about mental health awareness. Mm -hmm. And even I know people that are parents and they see signs of their kids with being depressed or even, you know, other symptoms, other, I'm (laughs) sorry, diagnosis. Do you, um, have you seen benefits from the emotion code work that you do? Yes. Uh Uh-huh. Or even children? Yes, uh-huh. I see the difference in them. Their parents see a difference in them. You know, I help kids with just being overwhelmed at school, you know. Especially with this, just the whole evolution of how people are doing business mm-hmm. and how people are living their lifestyles all at home together, how kids are not mm-hmm. together. I mean, there's so many long-term effects that this is going yes. to that we don't know really in the moment how detrimental it's going to be. So we really Mm -hmm. need to be open-minded to different ways to healing because I do bring that up. You know, we are going to have so many, I feel like trapped emotions from 2020 even, right? Even hearing Mm -hmm. that word that we're all going to be referencing for hundreds of years, right? As a collective, it's like, there's going to be trapped emotions. So I really want to invite everyone to that's listening to get a hold of Cindy. I'm going to leave the book that you said was your gateway to becoming an emotional Uh code practitioner. It's by Dr. Bradley Nelson, correct? Yes. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. And if anybody would like to, um, you know, I'll leave, I'll give you the link to have some more information because maybe someone out there wants to be a motion code practitioner. I'd love to give you the link and they can find out more information. Absolutely. I think that that is so essential because I know how powerful emotions are and why we try all the pills and all the things that doctors say to do. And we still have pain and it's just this mystery. And yes, you know, collective, we're, we're more and more sick. Mm-hmm. So one last For, question. Yes. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I wanted to ask you a question before, you know, you have some final words about how do you stay really present and rooted in the moment? Without <laughs> kind of going back, right? And without mm-hmm. going forward and worrying about what's going to happen in the future. How do you stay really grounded and present? Well, I do a self-care, self-care, journaling, and, you know, and just being, and it's a choice though. It's a choice. That's the big thing. Being present is a choice. 
You know? It is. We I don't know. realize how many choices we have every uh-huh. single moment of our lives. Right. I feel so, like we don't, but mm-hmm. I love that you bring that up. Yeah, because it is a choice. So I will, if I start, because really everything starts with the word, then that word becomes a thought. And then that goes to my vibration, you know? And so it's like, if I start thinking about the past, it's like, ooh, what word was that coming up? What thought and everything? So I I restart. It's like, no, we're not going back there. No. And so, because it is a choice. So I choose not to think back, you know? And, you know, I'm only human, so it does happen, you know? But I'm on my journey, too. But, you know, I just, I work really hard to stay in the present, being where I'm supposed to be. Um, I do self-care. And also, I go outside. I love my walks and stuff. When I don't get my walks in and being outside grounded, you know, then um, I'm kind of like a mess. It's like, oh, no, I need to get out there, you know. Well, that's your recalibrating, right? mm -hmm, Yep. Nature recalibrates everything, I feel like. Even without <laughs> seeing you and and getting uh-huh. work done with um, our emotions, it's like the most natural way we can do that is getting outside in nature. Yeah, it's it's so simple. People make it too hard. They overthink it. Well, that's another one of my <laughs> to-dos with this mission is to have um, outdoor, well, force bathing. That's what it's been referred to in ancient times is to uh-huh. get people to reconnect with nature. So yes, when we can reconvene again, all in person, uh, I look forward to connecting with you in nature. Yeah. But also just together guiding people more into natural elements. And I want to, before we go, I also want to mention that you definitely are a firm believer and you speak a lot about law of attraction. Yes. This is something we're both very, very passionate about. So Mm -hmm. if you ever want to hear more about law of attraction or book Cindy, for a speaking engagement. That's what you love to speak about, right? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. I love speaking. And within my motion code sessions, you get a lot, a lot of traction stuff too. Wonderful. I can't wait to follow up with a session or a dozen with you and <laughs> report back as to, you know, how I've evolved and and change my energy through your work. So thank you so much for your time here. Well, thank you. Thank you for listening and investing your time with me because I believe we are all here to learn, grow, and evolve effortlessly into the future. If you enjoyed what was shared today, I encourage you to subscribe, rate, review, and share because together, we can do so much more. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Carrie Faith on Purpose to find out more opportunities to uncover your deepest why.